the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Hello, friends. Mike Lee here. Dave King is across the glass today. And when I first launched Difference Makers several years ago, I had the privilege of kicking things off with Dr. Mike Mutchlow of Grandview Baptist and Emily Chesney, a volunteer foster mom working with Embrace Oregon. But the dream has always been to center around Followers of Christ who are making an impact in the community. And who better than Marshall Snyder, the city director for Portland for Pacific Northwest Adult and Teen Challenge, a 501c3 nonprofit group located on Southeast 92nd Avenue, just south of the Foster Road, Woodstock Boulevard area of Portland. You can give them a call to find out more info at 503-230-1910. That's 503 503- 230-1910 with more information on Pacific Northwest Adult and Teen Challenge, their Facebook page, and their website, teenchallengepnw.com. You may remember the name of Marshall Snyder from Bridgetown Incorporated, especially. So, Marshall, welcome, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to join us today. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, thanks. It's a beautiful day here in, uh, beautiful day here in Portland, and uh, so I'm glad to be here with you. Thanks. Always good to have you aboard. So what I'd like to start off with is what is the connection between the name that you're so well established in being Bridgetown Inc., serving people under the bridge every Thursday night, going out to encourage, equip, and inspire people and organizations to greatness, and going out to love people because people matter. And what's the relationship between Bridgetown and today, Pacific Northwest Adult and Teen Challenge? Can you... Connect the dots for us. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, the connection point is is actually, without going into a huge long story, connection point is this um, relationship between these two organizations. You have the Adult and Teen Challenge of Portland and the Pacific Northwest, which is a regional part of the Pacific Northwest region. And they approached us about merging our two organizations. So obviously be- what we call uh, Bridgetown, but it's now called, it's actually called Because People Matter. Now we changed our name officially. And in that, they asked us if we would like to merge. And that's a really long story, but a lot in it, a lot of a lot of good story and a lot of God's direction. And, you know, I don't always tell people to look for a burning bush. Um, but in this particular instance of what happened for these two organizations to come together, it was pretty. It was pretty clear that God was involved in in bringing us together. You know, uh, Teen Challenge, uh, the Adult and Teen Challenge, has been over fifty years. Started by David Wilkerson in New York City, reaching out to people on the streets, reaching out to those caught in addiction, and uh, with a passion to do that. And then BPM, obviously, it's a thirteen-year-old organization that has been had the mission of loving people because people matter. And uh, those two just kind of merged together. So it's been a really easy merge, a really comfortable fit to come together and, you know, put these two mission statements together, which is, you know, Teen Challenge 
mission, which you see here, but there's kind of a newer one emerging that we call, it, it just says this, it's the, 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 the new thing we're saying is that, um, let me try to remember all of this so that it flows well. Um, it's uh, putting hope within reach because people matter. So both of those coming together uh, to put hope within reach because people matter. That's what we're trying to do. I love when ministries that are like-minded are brought back together by God so that not everyone has to be reinventing the wheel, that the resources can indeed be pulled together. I remember the late Larry Burkett from Money Manners did that when there were it was Crown Financial at the time, and they merged these two like-minded parallel ministries to make them an even greater force. So I'm very encouraged to see you do that with BPM, Because People Matter, and Pacific Northwest Adult and Teen Challenge. So yeah. what challenges came alongside those? Were, was there ever kind of an unspoken rivalry between two organizations doing similar duties in the Portland area? Uh, no, I think no rivalry. I think obviously is, you know, you bring two cultures together. And, you know, me, I was a, you know, I'm the founder and CEO of the organization. And then now I'm working for another organization, bringing those two in. Sometimes, you know, you have to, as a leader, you have to go, okay, we can't do it that way anymore. It's, it's you know, this isn't my rodeo, if if you will. And uh, so you, you, you just learn how to work those things out. So always there's, um, there's always challenging times, but they're nothing that are deal breakers. And I think they're just learning how these two organizations work together. And I think we'll continue to learn how to do that. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see the opportunity. We've already seen the young men that are in the program, the year-long discipleship program uh, that our, our students are involved in. They're already coming down to Night Strike on Thursday nights, already a part of the organization, already doing the outreach. And so we're seeing a very quick um, integration of these two organizations working together in a really powerful way and vice versa. One of the things we do is a thing called a transformation trip. And in that trip, students from all over the U S come to Portland and they stay with us and do like a short term mission trip, but it's more of a learning environment. And we actually now put the students, uh, with the students, the, the students from all over the U S come and meet some of our students from our program. And they do a, an event called kind of a stay sharp where they talk about addiction and how many of their stories actually are like very similar because you have, you know, everybody thinks addicts are these people that, you know, they, they're living on the side of the road or they're doing all these things that they're, you know, that got them there. Well, their stories are very, very, uh, relate very much to a high school student. Many of these high school students or the guys that were in our program were guys that got an injury in a football game and started taking opiates for the pain and then couldn't get off those opiates and then started, they had, they got addicted to them. So it's, it's really a different story. And so what happens is these young people start to see, wow, that could be my story very quickly. So it's really cool. I love the fact that you brought these forces together. So can you give us the big picture from 30,000 feet about Pacific Northwest Adult and Teen Challenge and what your vision is? Well, now I have to be careful because I'm just the city director, so I'm not, you know, I have to be careful when it talks about the whole organization because we have our CEO, Chris Hodges, is uh, kind of overseeing all those kind of things. But definitely there's a merging of these two organizations with the idea of taking some of the BPM uh, environments like the transformation trips and the night strike and the B-Town kids and those things and actually hopefully to launch some of those aspects into other cities you know we're in five other um we're in five other states and so hoping to launch that that BPM or the because people matter parts of 
what we do here in Portland, in Spokane and in Alaska, Washington, Alaska, and all the other cities as well. I love when I meet organizations like yours or say, for the joy of it, this women's ministry that's on the air on both True Talk 800 and 93.9 KPDQ, and it's not about you. Yeah, It's about the resources, tools, gifts, experience, and education that God's given you and saying, here's what's worked for us. Go take this and run with it in your city or your town. Yeah, And yeah. I love the fact that you're simply sharing this abroad. So is the city of Portland your specific focus, Marshall Schneider, in this big scheme of the Pacific Northwest Adult and Teen Challenge? Yes, Portland is my – it's the city. I'm the city director for Portland, and then we're, we'll eventually – the idea is to have city directors in other areas as well. And so that's – yeah, my focus is the Portland area. So your success with BPM, Because People Matter, Bridgetown, Night Strike, Under the Bridge, is that serving as a bit of a model towards some of the other cities that Pacific Northwest Adult and Teen Challenge is located in? Yes, absolutely. And what in particular do you see working in virtually any market? Let's start off talking about Night Strike. For people who might be newer to the area, in the next, say, three minutes Mm -hmm. or so, can you give us the big picture of what exactly is Night Strike Mm -hmm. and how can you get involved? Well, Night Strike is uh, something we've been doing for 13 years. We're under the Burnside Bridge every Thursday night, and we're just loving people. We're just creating a community that uh, comes together with our friends. They're, you know, house. Some of them are houseless. Uh, many of them are on the margins, uh, and they're, they've, they've got different struggles. And we come together, and we bring volunteers together, and we have a meal together. We cut cut hair. We wash feet. We give clothing we provide services. We have medical and dental. We work. We partner with Medical Teams International. We partner with um, multiple doctors throughout the community as well. And uh, we do about, I think there's like 15 different services. We serve about 350 meals. Um, we send people out on the streets with walkabouts and, and do a number of things as well. So that's every Thursday night, and people can be a part. They just sign up by going to BridgetownInc.org. It's bridgetowninc.org, and don't worry about this, friends, about writing it down. I'll make sure that all of the links are on the Difference Makers page of truetalk100.com. And who are the best people to get involved in a group like going out to Night Strike on Thursday nights under the Burnside Bridge? Who are you looking for? What what kind of heart or talents are you seeking to recruit? That's a great question. Um, I think I'm looking for people that want to love people and that – and that recognize that they're going to receive just as much by going as they are by, uh, they're going to receive just as much going to serve people under the bridge as they are, they're, they're, they're going to give. Does that make sense? So they're giving, but yet they're also receiving that they're willing to just do whatever. Sometimes I think consumerism is kind of, kind of stepped into servanthood and people like, we'll get people that come down sometimes and like, Oh, I, I don't want to do that. And you're like, well, did you come to serve or did you come to kind of, you know, what's, what's the, what's the deal? And we, some of that we personify a little because we have a sign up online that you go and we have all the jobs lined out online and they can sign up for the jobs. Um, but there are some times where we have to switch things around and we just want people that are willing to say, man, I'm just, I'm willing to just love the city, whatever you have me to do. And do you have regulars come? Volunteers? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We, we have a, the, it's volunteer run. I mean, we maybe have three, two full-time, two to three full-time staff that are there, but the other 35, 40 volunteers that actually make it happen are regular attenders, and some, many of them have been there for, you know, five, six, seven, eight years. And how do you give donations, whether it's financially or if you have, say, services or items that could help out the homeless? Yeah, you can, 
you can call us, um, call our, you know, go on website, go to info at bridgetowninc.org, which you'll put in the notes, I'm sure, and mm-hmm. call us on our phone numbers uh, there. And you'll talk to, you know, the, the person who answers the phone. Usually it's uh, a couple of our staff members will answer that, and they'll be able to point you in the right direction as to, like, big things that they need. Like, we use socks are huge that we need, uh, peanut butter, things like that that are kind of interesting. Those are those gift and kind type of things that really help us out. You can help out friends and not only on Thursday nights underneath the Burnside Bridge with Night Strike. When we return, more with Marshall Snyder and how you can help out Pacific Northwest Adult and Teen Challenge in addition to BPM because people matter. And you're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. I'm Mike Lee, and Marshall Snyder is in the house. He is the city director for Portland for the new partnership of Pacific Northwest Adult and Teen Challenge. Also combining with BPM, which stands for Because People Matter, which you may have known as Bridgetown Ministries. And if you go to the website, bridgetowninc.org, that's bridgetowninc.org, you can find out some wonderful information about serving the homeless under the Burnside Bridge every Thursday with Night Strike, or about transformation tips, or about B-Town kids. And Marshall, you help out a lot of children in the Portland metropolitan area. So can you tell us about the genesis of B-Town kids and what exactly it entails? Right. Well, B-Town kids is uh, real close to all of our hearts in our program because it really is going into some of the most hardest hits, uh, hardest hit areas of Portland economically and all, social economic, all kinds of things going on. And so our passion has been to go into the community and just create a place where relationships and community and, and actually developing more capacity in young people. We, uh, we take the 40 developmental assets that are put out um, and we take those assets and find out which asset is maybe depleted in the children in that area, and then we build a curriculum to actually build that asset up. And these assets are, the, like I said, the 40 developmental. There's four internal and four external external assets, excuse me. And they basically the study found that these assets, if there's a certain level of them, then the, then the children are less, uh, less at risk behavior begins to happen. And so we try to discover what those assets are. So we do a camp in the summertime, and in that camp, we actually survey the kids on computers. We did this a couple years ago and found out the the struggle asset for young people was that the concept of community, the concept of what does it mean to be in community, uh, what does that look like for a six-year-old kid, a seven- or eight-year-old kid? So them understanding you know, what community is and how they're a part of the community, you know, we tend to talk about the future of the church or the future of the community. Well, children are part of the community now. They're already a part of the community. And if you don't have children in in your community, you really don't have life because they bring life. They bring playfulness. They bring those things that are so needed in us to remind us just to chill out a little bit. And so uh, every Saturday in summertime, starting in June through August, we take trailers out and we have barbecue in them and uh, we have games and we do a lesson and um, we just hang, we just hang out with them in different places. So we have uh, two sites in North Portland uh, one site in Gresham. We had a site in Clackamas this last year, and we're launching some other sites throughout the city, hopefully this next year, to see uh, more kids uh, become a part of that. And so uh, we invite them to a camp in the summertime and uh, let them know that Jesus loves them and that they're awesome, and uh, it's a great time. How welcoming have the communities been to B-Town kids? Is it tough to break the ice initially? Are they suspicious about your motives? Well, see, we're a, the the thing with it is is we're a we're a spiritually guided nonprofit, but we're not a faith based nonprofit. 
So what's the difference? Well, sometimes a faith-based nonprofit, their they their agenda is you know maybe evangelism or agenda is to to share faith, you know, and we we still want to share our faith, but we don't we don't. And uh, trying to be careful how I say this because I'm sure someone's going to whack me for it, but you know um, we don't go into to evangelize the community. We go to love the community, and if evangelism happens, it's it's a natural thing that happened in the community because of the relationship. So you know we're sitting down having you know a sandwich with a kid, and they ask us questions about why we're there, and then we allow we we just say share that story because that's really probably more how it happens for people as opposed to you know, going up and standing on a table and just telling everybody, you know, quote unquote, the gospel. And so we live the gospel out and we proclaim it, but more in a very relational and natural way. And then at our camp, our camp is really, you know, it's permission-based. So the families know they're going to a faith-based camp. And so the kids go to that faith-based camp and we get to tell them about Christ in a very open fashion as like, you know, in a normal evangelistic, I guess, outreach kind of way. So when I think about you, Marshall Snyder, in particular, with BPM, Because People Matter, Bridgetown, and when I think similarly about the Palau Group and School Partnership Network, I see two ministries taking a distinct path of going to people exactly where they are without being a primarily evangelistic ministry, which is not a knock on those who feel led to say – to to do it in that way. But I believe there's room for both and that we shouldn't pigeonhole ourselves into one area and we should simply – Try to find needs, try to serve them with the love of Christ. And if paths are more open because of the way that you're doing things, then why not? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think it's uh I think it's important. I mean, we share our faith through demonstration and proclamation. And there are times where proclamation is um appropriate and there are times where it's not appropriate. And uh, I think you have to figure that out in your heart and, you know, uh, and recognize what that is, except that I don't, I want to be careful that the only time I share my faith is when I'm in an event. You know, a lot of times if you create events, that's the only time that people ever share their faith rather than I'm trying to live the gospel out through my life and through the way I talk and the way I do my marriage and the way I do the ministry that I do. The gospel is all of that as opposed to just you know, the, uh, you know, a, a, a little phrase that you put on a bumper sticker and slap it on the back. You know what I mean? So do you read the parody site, The Babylon Bee? No. Okay. It's like a Christian version of The Onion. Oh, okay. It's strictly a parody website. So the, the latest one that made me chuckle was it was a, a Christian bumper sticker that you have a remote so you could switch it off if you cut someone off in traffic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one thing to wear your colors on your sleeve. It's another thing to live it on a daily basis in every act that you do, every conversation that you have, whether or not it's in the church environment. Well, it's, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but one of the things I've been finding is, as I've been spending time in the Scripture, I'm kind of going through the book of John, kind of slowly reading a commentary next to it, just kind of going deeper into it. And I just keep getting this from the Lord to say, you know, we have so many people that add, try to add Jesus to their story rather than finding themselves in Jesus' story. Does that make sense? So, you know, you almost make Jesus like a self-help, like a self-help thing, as opposed to really finding myself in that story that I, that is really the story that I'm brought into. And, uh, and, and that's such a beautiful thing. And so I think sometimes with, if we're not careful with evangelism, it can become more of a selling a worldview. If, if not introducing them or, you know, having that conversation with them, then it, it introduces them to the person of Jesus. So it's kind so, of a lot of stuff going there, but. Good stuff. Good stuff, though, because sometimes 
we have to question why we're doing what we're doing. And if the answer to that question is because we've always done it that way, I think that's a yellow flag to reevaluate right. and backtrack and right. step back just a little bit just in case we're doing good, but we're not necessarily doing what God has called us to do. Right. Right. So Marshall Snyder, as the founder of Because People Matter, yeah. is it difficult for you to turn it off and just be Marshall the husband and Marshall the father with the overwhelming needs that this community has? Well, I think that's always a balance. You know, I, uh, you know, it's, it's a different, you know, I, I, working through that work, quote unquote, work life balance has been, uh, I would say has been something sometimes of a struggle with me. I work, my wife is on staff with us. And so we work a lot together. Um, and so we, you know, we bounce back and forth. We'll be at dinner talking about this and then talking about life. But it really has been our life. It's really been something that we're, we've been called to. I mean, the people under the bridge are not just projects for us. I mean, we have friends. I mean, the, the some of the guys under the bridge we've been with for 13 years, they they watched my boys grow up. You know, they've known my boys' birthdays. They're, they're, they, they're part of our family. My wife had her for, you know, her 40th birthday. And when she became a citizen, she was, she's English and she became a citizen. And we had some of our friends under the bridge. We brought them home, you know? So um, it's really hard to kind of put people in these sections of things and then not talk about it at home because it's, it's a, a way of living for us. And rather than just a job, it's not a job. It's, it's, you know, we get paid to be us. And I think that's we're one of the, I, I just feel blessed in that way. And, I, you know, but when I'm off and I go home or when I'm playing or like when I take a vacation, I take a vacation, man. I put my feet up, read a book like anybody else, but I don't, like if someone wants to ask me what I do, I don't go, well, I'm not talking about that because I'm on vacation because the story is still the story. So it's, it's, it, it, I don't know if that answers your question, but it's like, um, it's a hard one for me sometimes to, uh, to obviously to balance all that out because it's never ending, you know, um, compassion doesn't wait for a calendar date. You know, compassion hits you whether you're on vacation or not. The need to express compassion is not something you can just put off. You know, when it hits you, you know, when you think of the, when you think of the, um, the uh, Good Samaritan story, you know, he was on his way to do something. He's probably on his way to work. We don't know what he was doing. We, we just know that he had, a, he had a donkey and he was probably carrying stuff on the back of it. He was probably busy, probably on his, I don't know. But so for me, I, being a compassion-based organization with people, you know, I, uh, I just do what do what's in front of me in that way. And sometimes it's like I go home and I rest and shut the door and and go from there. But other times I'm I'm out and about. Does that make sense? No, it does. I think <laughs> it does. Marshall Snyder, the city director for Portland for Teen Challenge Pacific Northwest, Pacific Northwest Adult and Teen Challenge, and the founder of BPM because people matter which is formerly known as Bridgetown, yeah. Inc. So where did you meet your wife, if she's from England? I'm curious. Uh, I met her at, I went, we, I went to school at uh, Portland Bible College, and she was there, and uh, we met, and um, it was over 20, almost 25 years ago we've been married, and, and uh, so she's very, very, one of the most powerful people in my world. And so, Do you remember the first time you laid eyes on her? I do. I really do. We were in Bible college and uh, I was going to a classroom and it's a funny story, but in the boys' bathroom, they'd run out of toilet paper, right? And so, (laughs) so they, uh, I think it was the girls' bathroom. And so I I saw her and I went, wow, I'm going to help her out. So I ran into the bathroom real quick and just wadded up this big ball of toilet paper and came out and said, here you go. And she goes, thanks. So we kind of had these, Nick, that was when we first started meeting. Oh, 
yeah, I think that was one of the stories. The first place I met her was at a, a it was actually, a, she's a foreign exchange student or foreign student. And, she, you know, obviously couldn't be home for Christmas. And so she was at a friend's house and, uh, and I met her there. I was dating someone else. And so I saw her and we talked and, and I was kind of oblivious to how she was feeling about not being home at Christmas time. I'm like, oh, that must be really tough for you. And she's like, man, you're a jerk. You're just like putting the knife in the heart here, right? You know, so oblivious, but so. It worked out 20 plus years later, didn't it? Absolutely. Marshall Snyder, thank you for being with us. We're going to find out more about your story about BPM, about Pacific Northwest Adult and Teen Challenge. But friends, I want you to write this date down, April 29th. That's April 29th. We've got a banquet coming to the Melody Ballroom. Information is going to be posted at bridgetowninc.org. That's bridgetowninc.org. And I'll make sure that it's also linked up to the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. When we return, who better than Marshall Snyder to discuss addiction and homelessness right here on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here with Marshall Snyder, the city director for Portland of Pacific Northwest Adult and Teen Challenge, now incorporating with BPM because people matter. BridgetownInc.org is a website where you can find out more information about this wonderful Melody Ballroom Banquet coming up on April 29th, where you can help this organization help out people in need, whether it's with B-Town Kids, whether it's the homeless people under the Burnside Bridge every Thursday at Night Strike, transformation trips, or various other issues that will help our society right here in the Portland metropolitan area, including things like addiction and like homelessness. So, Marshall, what's on your heart right now when it comes to what you do and what you feel I need to share? You know, I was thinking about that. Yesterday was an interesting day for me because I was I was having a donor meeting and, you know, 80 percent of my job as an executive director is to tell the story of our organization to people and bring them on and bring them into the story, you know, to provide a space for them to practice generosity, provide a space for them to you know, practice volunteerism, all those kind of things, you know, to, to do that. And I was meeting with a donor and having a conversation. These two gentlemen walked into our action center, which is on 92nd, uh, right there, right, right across the street from the organ grinder pizza house. When I was a little kid, we used to go there and we're in the action center and these two guys come in and, and they're, they're houseless and they're, you know, working through some stuff. And one guy was severely, his hands were severely tore up because he had broken a bunch of glass and it had gone in his his hands woolen and and it was raining, and, and so he's picking glass out of his hands. It was just really tough. And the other guy was this young guy, and um, and I at the action center we don't just allow you to come in and sit down. We're gonna we're gonna engage you in a conference. If you're, if you're gonna come in, someone's gonna know your name. Someone's gonna you know love you know matter known and loved. We want you to know that you matter. You're known and you're loved. And so we've created this document called it's a it's an interview document to discover the need, develop a plan for the need, and deploy an answer for it some way, somehow. And so I'm talking to this young man and, and I, I'm looking at him and, and the other guy didn't want to talk to me, but this young man and I kind of engage in a conversation. And I said, so I'm going through the discover, develop, deploy plan. And in the discovery questions, I said, so what's your biggest need? And usually they'll say, some people will say, you know, I need some shoes or I need this or that, which we can give them. But this guy, he looked out the window and I kind of looked at him and he looked back at me and I said, it's, it's a need for your life to be different, isn't it? And he looked at me and says, yeah. He says, my life is a mess. And uh, I just kind of looked at him, and it was like this engagement between he and I. We were like, I said, is, 
and it was he dropped all berries, I dropped all berries, and I was able to just have this conversation with somebody that you know maybe I wouldn't have crossed paths with, or maybe if I saw him with a sign on the side of the road, I'd lock my door, you know, because he might get too close to my car, you know, and and uh, but we had this conversation, and I said, so is addiction a part of your life? And he says, yeah, he says, uh, and I said, Are you, what is your drug? And he says, heroin, but I I I only smoke it, I don't shoot it, and uh, and I said. So, but how long have you been clean? And he says, I've been clean about, uh, I think like 10 days. And I said, but it's, it's coming around the corner, isn't it? And he said, yes. And I said, you know, I could take you right now. I could take you right now <laughs> out of this place. I could take you in my car and I could drive you down the road and, and take you to the, the men's center for adult and teen challenge. And I said, we could wrap you up in love. We can wrap services around you. We can give you a counselor. We can give you a job. We can give you food. We can give you a house and community for one year. You can come do that. And he just looked at me, and you could tell he wanted to say yes, but that addiction, that that sense of, quote-unquote, what he thinks is freedom, right, is pulling him back onto the street and pulling him back out of this warm building and someone offering him this opportunity of a lifetime that he wants to walk out of that door and go back, walk in the streets looking for the next thing. He's, he says, I go, what do you do? What's a typical day look like for you? And so he walks around and he sells stuff so he can buy heroin, you know, and and it just broke my heart because I just said, man, I, I, I got something for you, you know, and you could tell he wanted it. But that all of that stuff, all those things that grab onto him, pull him out. And yet there's a deception in his what he thinks is freedom. And he doesn't want to have rules and structure because there's structure and rules in our program. Right. And but yet he doesn't want that. But yet there's true freedom in that as well. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. So. Are, th- are these the heartbreaking stories oh. that you deal with on a daily basis, Marshall Snyder? I don't know if it's daily. I mean, I could say yes. I mean, I see people. I mean, I work with some of the bravest people in the world are, are in our men's program at the, the Adult and Teen Challenge Center. And they're all stories that would break your heart, all stories that um, – but yet the redemption of Jesus in those stories are just mind-blowing, too, how God reaches into their lives and just calls them. <laughs> so, yeah, that one was hard yesterday because – you're handing him this opportunity for a new way of life, and you and you know it's in the balance. You know his his decision could mean that he walks out of the door and gets some bad heroin, right? And it's over, and uh, or he could say yes, and you're just praying because he's got to make that decision, you know. Um, so those kind of things um, are hard, but yet it's to be able to be there, to be in a nonprofit where there are donors that give so that we can be there on the ground and we can be there when they when the people come in the door is is really really I don't even want to say it's rewarding I get so much more out of it than just uh I get blessed to to see Jesus work so it's pretty powerful for me so on a backtrack a little Marshall Snyder going well before Pacific Northwest Adult Teen Challenge before BPM because people matter before Bridgetown Inc where did you grow up I'm a I'm a Portland kid. I was born in OHSU, uh, and I um, grew up all over Portland. I come from a very broken family, so I uh, was a homeless teenager, and I come from a family of uh, that struggled with addiction. Um, uh, my mom was married three times, and my dad was married three times, so I come from six divorces, and uh, I um, was in foster care. I was adopted by a family uh, when I was 17 here in the right here I went to Clackamas High School graduated right across the street from the station here oh how wonderful now is that a rarity in the foster care system to be adopted at an older age like 17 yeah my story is a little different in the sense of adoption I mean they didn't I mean my dad basically 
signed custody of me over to them and, and kind of just left. And they just took me in. I mean, it's a beautiful story of being, you know, really grafted into a family and um, being brought up as their own and loved like that. I mean, it was just, uh, it's a cool story. So it's a very, the, the family's a wonderful, wonderful people. It's kind of a parallel to us being grafted or adopted in the family of Christ. I absolutely know what that means. Overall. So so where and when were you introduced to Jesus Christ? Uh, probably in the foster care system. So I was uh, I was probably about four or five. I just told this story today to a guy named Ben Sand. He's, uh, he's the CEO of the Portland Leadership Foundation. He's a friend of mine, and we were talking today and sharing a little bit of my story. And I think I was in foster care. Um, my parents would be, there would be situations going on and we'd be taken out as children and split up. I have two brothers and we'd split up. And, and they, uh, I think there was this little old lady, um, I'll never forget it. And I, it was funny. It's a funny story because I love JoJo's, the potatoes. And my wife just thinks that's just so bad. You know, <laughs> I just love them dipped in ranch. And it's because I remember this little old lady making these. And I think she's the one who led us to Jesus when I was a little kid. And she would make these potato skins, and I'll never forget that. And so it reminds me of that. And so I, I think at that point, I, I, you know, I said yes to Jesus, but obviously life and not going, growing up in a Christian home, you know, muddied that up at times. And it was probably, I was in the military for eight years and served in the Coast Guard. It was probably my second year into the Coast Guard where God just really interrupted my world. So, And after this introduction, when did you fully embrace Christ as your Savior and own your faith on your own? These seeds were planted especially by this wonderful foster family. Yeah. So Embrace Oregon, foster families yep, out yep, there, yep. adopting families, shout out to you. You are making a difference really in this world and making an impact with every conversation you have, whether or not you get to keep them. Yeah. So I probably really embraced it in my probably, I mean, early early 20s, you know, when I really came to that place. I mean, I kind of dabbled. It was more of a sin management program and a fire insurance policy kind of faith. And then, you know, about my second year into the Coast Guard, I just, it just, I just really grabbed a hold. It was like, the Lord said, I got stuff I want you to do. So it's ready for you to stop playing and let's get out there. And I went right into youth ministry. I worked with Youth for Christ for a little bit and then uh, just dove right into uh, working with youth ministries in a church and then got out of the Coast Guard and the church I was at and hired me to be their youth pastor and went to Bible college, came back and uh, pastored there and then uh, spent about 15 years in the local church, working in the local church, worship leader, youth pastor, all that stuff, and then came up here in 2003 to start uh, BPM or Because People Matter. So we've got about two and a half minutes till break. Could you tell us about the genesis of Because People Matter? Yeah. So the genesis of that was a church that brought me up, a neighborhood church up in Tualatin. Shout out to them, great people up there. They brought me up to uh, see what God would do. And just through prayer and through reading scripture, we found that God wanted us to serve the city. And so we began to um, sweep streets on St. John's and people would come out and ask us if we were in trouble. We'd tell them, no, we're loving on Portland the way we think Jesus would love Portland. And this was back in early 2003. And uh, we began to do that and then wash feet. And that's a whole other story. And that just kind of birthed into what we do. So there was no like five-year plan or SWOT analysis or anything like that. It was just living life by the Holy Spirit and doing what he told us to do. So it's pretty cool. So I'm not saying that we need to be completely reckless and irresponsible <laughs> and not do our homework. However, in the moments where God gives us a calling and a leading, if we were to just dive in, mm. how much more could we get done sometimes without sabotaging ourselves by perhaps overanalyzing things or giving ourselves a reason to not act? Absolutely. Or think that there's only one thing to do. 
There's, this is, this is real ministry. This is not real ministry. I mean, there's people that think you have to do this in order to be in real ministry as opposed to this, you know. Uh, I need to echo your thoughts on that, Marshall Snyder. I've spoken with a lot of people who've gone to some of the most prestigious Christian colleges and universities across the country. And one of the dads had shared with me that maybe it was never written down or spoken, but there was this chip on their shoulders that if you didn't go into a church or a ministry full time, that you had missed your calling. Mm -hmm. And I firmly choose to disagree with that. I believe that your ministry is often getting up in the morning and how you deal with your family, the widow across the street, the next door neighbors who don't yet know the Lord, the mailman or person. And I really believe that when we take God out of the box and when we stop looking at things just because we've always seen them like that, that's where things like Because People Matter get launched. Yeah. And I'm excited about the people that you, Marshall Snyder, have inspired and are continue to inspire. And more information can be found on these websites, which I'll link to the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. They include teenchallengepnw.com and, of course, bridgetowninc.org. That's bridgetowninc.org. When we return, let's talk about addictions and homeless with Marshall Snyder right here on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Thanks for joining Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here. And with all the different ministries that I have seen in the Pacific Northwest, I absolutely love when like-minded ministries put their heads together and stop trying to reinvent the wheel and actually help each other out. And if God puts, say, a church plant on your heart, by all means, run with it with all you've got. If, however, there's a possibility that you can team up with someone of a like mind and a like heart and you can pool your resources, is it just possible that maybe synergy can occur and that you could become more effective together than the sum of your total parts. So that's what we're looking at right now in Pacific Northwest Adult and Teen Challenge and BPM because people matter. So Marshall, you've dealt with homelessness. You have been homeless. You've worked with Night Strike, serving the homeless every Thursday night under the Burnside Bridge with more information on how you can get involved at the website, bridgetowninc.org. That's bridgetowninc.org. So could you please educate me when it comes to homelessness, how we can help? And uh, I'm going to give you a story to give you a little bit of background. I live in Salem, and my wife had it on her heart to help out a homeless man whose pants were too big and they were falling down. She she goes, Mike, just go out there and can you just give him a belt? So what I did was I went – and I'm not looking for glory. I'm really not. Right. But I, I went to Burger King. I picked him up a meal with a hot one, a hot coffee, because it was cold out, and I got him a belt, and he was living under the drive-through of a shut-down bank, and so I parked my car, walked across the street, and I introduced myself, because I remember when I volunteered with you at Night Strike under the Burnside Bridge, it wasn't about stuff, which there will always be a need for. It was about relationship. It was about Teaching an individual that he matters or she matters simply because they're there Mm. and they exist. So I introduced myself. His name was Todd. He used to frame houses. He had a bad living situation that he chose to walk away from. And he was working at the local Dollar Tree, which was set up by Goodwill's vocational resource. 
department and his boss would come and she'd swing by and wake him up for, for his shift and he would go and he would try to earn money. He did not want to be homeless and right. he was hoping to stop being homeless. I haven't seen him on our corner recently, so God willing, he got that job he was telling me he was aspiring to get, which would have included housing. But there are just so many stories out there, and your mileage may vary, friends. But in, in the case of Todd, he was telling me that he couldn't stand some of the other people that were homeless around because these were young millennials that were fit, able-bodied people, and he'd say, what's your problem? Why are you here? And some of them were telling him, it's just easier. Mm. So when I look at Because People Matter, when I look at Union Gospel Mission, Portland Rescue Mission, UGM, Mm -hmm. there are plenty of legitimate ministries out there that I know that my time, effort, resources, and money are being put to good purposes. Whereas in other cases, at least there's some honest people out there holding a sign up saying, to be honest, I could just use a beer. Mm -hmm. And and I get a (laughs) kick out of that because at least they're being transparent with you. So with your experience, Marshall Snyder, as someone who not only serves with Because People Matter and Bridgetown and Pacific Northwest Adult and Teen Challenge, but for someone who himself was out on the street, how do we deal with homelessness and what ways are most effective in helping people out and just loving on them? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a big question. Um, You know, I don't know, you know, I've sat on panels about what the solution is and whose responsibility it is and all the things that we should do. And, and I, you know, I don't know what the solution is. You know, um, you could have guys here that are way more experienced in this, in this social issue than I am. And, uh, I just, my, my call was, I was standing at the Saturday market, the Saturday market fountain there at Ankeny square and God said to me, wash feet here. So I grabbed a basin and a folding chair and I put some water in it. And I didn't come to start Bridgetown or Because People Matter to end homelessness or to to start a social revolution or anything like that. I just was told to wash feet here. And it happened to be the feet of a gentleman who found himself houseless at that day, that time. And so... For me, it was more of just an obedience to step out and, you know, not to try to get this person here or that person here. Obviously, if I can provide a resource for them, I will. But sometimes the resource, just like you, the resource is a conversation. It's just a simple human being conversation. How are you doing? What is going on? Sometimes, you know, when we train people at Night Strike, I said, you know, I'll actually, people will actually say to me, what do you say to them? I mean, what do you mean? What do you say to them? I say, you say, hi, my name is, right? What's your name? You get to know somebody. And so I, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I recognize that it's a struggle and it's, it's got cultures and the, the houseless culture, homeless culture has its own culture, its own counterculture. It has its own rules and all those kind of things. But I think the best thing that I can do is be present and meet a need when I can and be a part of it however I can and to try to be careful with, you know, and if you if you sense that you're supposed to meet a need, if you sense that, you have an obligation to do that. Because if you don't, then what happens if you don't meet that need? So you say you feel like, you know, someone says you, you see this and you're supposed to help them with that, whatever it is. Or maybe it's like that you want to, they're asking you for a quarter and you, you, you don't do it. Well, you're going to have to justify why you didn't do that. 
And so what happens is when we begin to justify why we didn't meet a need or have the conversation that we needed, we were supposed to have with somebody, we begin to demonize the person that we, that called that out of us. Does that make sense? And then we step away from that person and now we build this judgment against them rather than, you know, well, then it comes up, well, if I do that, I'll enable them. Or if they'll, I do that, they'll buy drugs with it or so on and so forth. I just have never lived that way. I've just been like, if I have it and I can give it, I give it. And, and that comes from, that comes from Julie Gilbert, you know, Julie Anderson in high school, I was homeless and I wasn't eating and, and I was spanging um, in high school to get breakfast and she found out about it and her mom and her, she went home and said, Marshall's not eating. And so they made two lunches, you know, they could have told me to get a job, but she made two lunches and she would meet me in a, uh, the hallway of Clackamas high school and with no one around and she hand me two lunches. She'd hand me her lunch or hand me my lunch, say, here's your lunch for today. And she did that all of my soft, most of my sophomore year and my part of my junior year until I was, I moved in with this family and she would just hand that to me. And it was no questions asked. And then she'd say, come on, let's go have lunch now. And it was like no big deal to her. Right. But she didn't enable me. It didn't make me look at where I'm at today. It didn't, it didn't hurt my life. It showed me that someone actually cared and saw something about me and wanted to know, know more about me. And I, I'm part of the man I am today because of people like her that stepped out, got off, you know, became the good Samaritan, got into the ditch with me when I was in the ditch. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense, Marshall Schneider. So in our final minute and change, is there anything that you feel God put in on your heart to share with us? I just say love people because people matter. You know what I mean? Just reach out and where you know to love, love. And as a follower of Jesus, we show the world what God is like. He's given us the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He's given us the word of God. He's given us the heart of Christ. And we just need to be obedient to those things. When, we're, when we feel like we need to serve, we feel like we need to love. We just need to do that because that is the best. That is the best expression and the best promotion, if you will, for who God is. He uses you and I. Now, we're, we're who he's using. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father praying on our behalf, and he's commissioned us to go to the world and, and share the gospel and make disciples. And so that's how I'm trying to live my life, and, and I'm, I'm, I get to do it, so I'm excited about it. I'm so thankful to have finally had you, Marshall yeah, Snyder, in the studio yeah. with me right here on Difference Makers. Don't forget, friends, you can help serve, whether it's with B-Town Kids, whether it's Night Strike serving homeless under the Burnside Bridge every Thursday night, whether it's coming to this banquet April 29th at the Melody Ballroom. You can look up all the information at bridgetowninc.org. That's bridgetowninc.org. More information. Why don't you look on Facebook and follow Pacific Northwest Adult and Teen Challenge or check out the website teenchallengepnw.com. So, Marshall, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. And, friends, thank you for joining us on Difference Makers right here on True Talk 800. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.